Hey there, we're Megan, Lauren, and Lindsay. We're three teacher advocates who've been where you are and know what you're going through. We believe that teachers are as important to the education system as the curriculum, and our goal is to support you as a teacher and a person. This is everything your teacher prep didn't prepare you for. Welcome to Real Teaching 101. Hello, teacher friends and teacher besties. How's things? Oh, you know, living the dream. Just trying to stay cool out here. (laughs) I'm very impressed that this is our first episode where the sun is shining in my time zone. Usually we are up at the butt crack of dawn, but it is early afternoon and I am so pleased that the sun is up along with me. I would like to say, as the person on the East Coast, normally I'm like in the normal time zone. You guys were the ones getting up super early. You both look fabulous and super awake. It does feel weird not to be like drinking my coffee like I normally am as we're doing this. And I'm just sitting here with some water, but I guess hydration is still fine. All right. Well, moving on, our episode today is all about side hustles, which is very much a teacher thing, but it's also an other people thing, as I've learned. So I wanted to start off with asking y'all, have you ever had to supplement your income? Oh, yeah. As a teacher? Yes, absolutely. Lindsay? Yeah. I mean, in different ways. Like, I think it was more so before I was a teacher, I had more than one job. That's just because I've been doing so much teacher prep or, you know, continuing ed while I've been a teacher. So I haven't really had the chance to do a side hustle, but I definitely would consider doing a summer job or like something else. Now, would you consider a side hustle the same as a summer job or something that you do during the regular year? Because I would consider it something that I would do in addition to my full-time job, whereas the summer job would be exactly that, something I just do over summer. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's something that you could do like, like I think of it as like, you know, driving for Uber Eats or something like that, where I could do it in the summer and dedicate more hours to it. But then if I wanted to continue with that during the year, which I know a lot of teachers drive for Uber or Lyft or things like that during the year, you could also continue doing that. I think there are some of those summer jobs that, you know what I mean, that are just that teachers have specifically just to earn more money. But when I think about it, for me, like I always did things like tutoring or or things like that, like throughout the whole year and then increased it over the summer. Yeah. And I have too. I used to do some tutoring after school with some of my kids. I've also done Teachers Pay Teachers. I've got a little store. There's not really much on there. It doesn't make me a ton of money, but it's up there. And every now and then I get a little email and I'm like, (laughs) hey, my cup of coffee is paid for this week. Uh, So that begs the question of why do you think most teachers or other people, because these side hustles exist for a lot of other people, in general, why do people have to have a side hustle? I think when you said that, I was thinking two different things. That's a good point because this is not just a just strictly a teacher issue, but I do think there's a difference. So sometimes if I think of a side hustle, I think of something that someone's passionate about. So let's say somebody has, I don't know, an office job, but you know they really love flower arrangements or they make something crafty for Etsy. Like I think somebody can do that because they have a hobby or interest that they're passionate about. The difference, in my opinion, when it comes to teachers is that a lot of the time that side hustle is necessary to supplement the income. So some people might have a little side hustle because they enjoy it and they like making or doing. But I think with teachers, a lot of us don't have any other option. Yeah. And I think we've talked about it before where there's this like hustle culture. And I don't know if it's specifically specifically American because I know they take naps in Spain and I think we need to do that here in the middle of the day. It's like this, if you're not doing anything, you're lazy. 
if you're not trying to make that extra money, if you're not, you know, putting yourself out there and doing these other things, then you're not doing everything that you possibly could to make this better life, whatever that means for you, or, you know, earn that extra money. And then it also, then it makes it sound like, oh, well, if you don't have anything, you can't complain because you're not doing those things, which really isn't the most beneficial for you. We all need that rest and that time off. I think for teachers, like you said, Megan, it's more of a necessity than out of this like, oh, I want to do more. Yeah. And I would add on to that by saying the economic climate that we live in is not like one house, please, in order to be able to obtain what uh, the millennial generation was taught and told is the dream, which is you go to college, you get a house, you have a car, you've got that life. In order to do it, you have to have the money to do it. And you're not being paid that wage to be able to just go out and buy yourself a house or a car or whatever else you're kind of chasing after. And that's hard too, because that involves really changing what your lifestyle is. And for a lot of us, that's apartment living Mm -hmm. and thrift store shopping and just kind of picking up whatever you can pick up when you can pick up. And the side hustle is supplementing your income is there to help you actually have a life. I think that's a really good point. And again, I don't know. I mean, in my head, I think it might be an American thing. You know, I could be wrong. But like you guys were saying, I feel like we were kind of pitched this idea like, oh, if you go to college and you get this degree, then you're always going to have plenty of money. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even again, not just a teacher issue, but a lot of people are not being paid a livable wage just thinking about rent or mortgage or, or things like that. And then you add on top of that, the student loans that come with getting those degrees. And I just feel like, you know, it's fighting an uphill battle and kind of like that whole little American dream thing, not necessarily maybe was like a lie to us, but it is not the same for our parents. I don't know. It's kind of sad overall, if you think about it. I feel like it's one thing if a side hustle is something you're super pumped about and you're into, but then if it's something that you absolutely have to do to make a livable wage on top of a career that you were educated for, I just, those two should not go together. And I would say being a teacher exacerbates that problem because we are notoriously underpaid and overworked and underappreciated. So the thought of having to work on top of that can feel really challenging and not just like you said, Megan, passion work for fun to refill your cup, but to straight up put food on the table and keep a roof over your head. I mean, I guess it's good that like out of struggle comes this innovation. It shouldn't be that way. Like it should be these extra things that teachers do because like they love to do it. Not like, oh, I have to have this in my teacher's pay teacher's store because that pays our water bill every month or. Well, on that fun note, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to talk numbers. Everybody's favorite thing, says Lindsay, the math teacher. Actually, I'm not Lindsay. I'm Lauren. But I'm talking to Lindsay, the math teacher. Um, And then other fun things. So stay tuned. So we're talking side hustles. So I'm going to talk some numbers at you. I pulled a few different articles because you know how I love the Google autofill and I typed in side hustle four. I think teachers was the third one. So that was interesting. On a side note, I I just wanted to let you know how much I love it that you call it the Google, not just Google. Thank you. Thank you. Tell your friends. Uh, So I stumbled onto a few articles. So I got one from the National Education Association reports that 12% of a teacher's annual income is earned from a summer job, which for our purposes of this episode, I would consider to be a side hustle, which then I found interesting. Um, Lindsay, you teach math, so you might have to do the subtraction. That's 88%, right? Yes. 
is the remainder. So 88% of what they make over 12 months is solely from their full-time job in the classroom. And then I found an article from Priceonomics, which says that people who have side hustles make less than $500 a month. So then my brain got thinking of if 12% of a teacher's annual salary comes from a summer job, but that's less than $500 a month, summer's only two months, that's $1,000 if we add it up, and that's $1,000 would be a 12% of a teacher's salary. I think that's real sad. Like those numbers are way too small. Yeah. Not that not that I don't think they're accurate. I think they're definitely accurate. I just think like from, you know, a society standpoint, I definitely believe the about $500 for a side hustle. I mean, there's just so much that goes into it and that's like, you know, not even thinking about like is there a side hustle something that requires equipment or products or mailing, shipping things. I found that number to be surprising. I was surprised it was that low because when you hear about side hustles, people make it seem like the money is just rolling in at you and it's coming from all directions. But now as I see it, have you ever done those? um, I've seen them on my Super Sweet 16, like money booths where you get inside and then there's air that flows and you have to like grab at the money. That's what I feel like the side hustle is, is you're in this booth. It seems like money is coming everywhere, but you really have to grab it and work hard for it. And then what you get isn't really a lot. And I think we have, it would be interesting to see where that number came from because it definitely depends, I think, on your side hustle. Like teachers pay teachers or something like that, or selling merchandise to teachers. I definitely think that's about right within that one to $500 range. But there's side hustles where you can make pretty decent money. Again, it's the effort you put in, right? So those things usually take more time, take more energy, which is not something that teachers are known to have a lot of extra of. So it's unfortunate, but I wonder if there's particular side hustles that teachers have found that really do supplement their income. Well, from the list I found, and I'll talk about this in a minute, it does not appear, I feel like these rare stories of where you're making the monies all the time are the exception and not the standard rule. They're the ones that almost like... uh, Uh, multi-level marketing. like They make it look so easy that you're getting it, but really less than $500 a month. And that wasn't even necessarily a teacher thing. That was like all people across all careers. I love that you mentioned the MLMs because I think that's such a dangerous thing, especially for, of course, I'm just thinking from a teacher standpoint, because the promises that they make, it seems so great. Like, oh, I can do it from home or I can do this. And then like anybody listening, if you can do a little bit of research. And I mean, there's tons of documentaries out there about LuLaRoe and all of these other things. And and it's extremely sad the amount of money some people put into that and like what they lost. I read a thing just the other day and it was like a 99% or something insane like that does not make money. In fact, those people lose money. I mean, I'll tell you in high school, I did, I sold some of those Cutco knives and after, did you, did any, did you guys know what the cut? They're yeah, like with Ronco, right? Yeah. And so they're a really nice set of knives and they are good knives, but you have to haul them over around your, you just carry, I just was like a psycho killer carrying knives around in my car. All the time. I was just going to ask you. So you just walked up to strangers' houses with a bunch of knives? I did. Well, it was in Delano, California, where I grew up. So most of the time I was just going to people's houses that I already knew. Okay. I'm Um, just trying to picture it. (laughs) It was an interesting gig, let me tell you. But no, I don't remember making anything. I think you made like like the you sold the knives for like 200 bucks a set or something. Oh my God. And then you, I made maybe 30 to $50 on each set. So- 
for the amount, again, the amount of effort you had to put in definitely wasn't worth it. And my mom tried to solve Avon and she gave up on that really quick. So I've seen this in action multiple times. Not a good route. I think this goes back to the point though, where it's people who are looking for something to supplement their income because going back to Megan's point, they don't make a livable wage. And you get something very small compared to your salary. But that being said, I don't want to turn people away from side hustles completely because not everything is a pyramid scheme. It can be a good way to supplement if you find something that works for you and doesn't stretch you too thin in a lot of different ways. And just stay away from pyramid schemes. And if you don't know if it is or not, Google it. And I assure you it probably is. Or email me. I will Google it for you and research it. I feel very strongly about this because teachers, you know, we make so such little money to begin with. And I want everybody to hold on to what they have and don't get screwed over by something like that. Okay. So I um, identified two types of side hustles. The passive one, we've all heard of passive income. And then I call it active side hustle or active income. I don't know if that's officially the term, but Lauren is going to claim it as such. (laughs) So passive income streams, they take time and money up front, but once they're going, they are going, which is the beauty of them. And that's why people really sing their praises because the money just comes in. Teachers Pay Teachers is a great example of them, but Like I said, I've sold on Teachers Pay Teachers and my first thing that I put up there, I think took me like two hours to get going because in order to make it catchy to sell, you've got to have the cute picture up front. You've got to have the preview. If there's an answer key, you got to have the answer key. You've got to make it a sellable thing. And then I only get, I think my best selling thing is $3. So after Teachers Pay Teachers takes their cut, I think I maybe get like $2.30 from it, which isn't the worst thing in the world. But if I were to try and again, hang my hat on making $500 a month, I definitely do not get that money from Teachers Pay Teachers. So that's an example. And another one is Airbnb. I am not fortunate enough to be able to Airbnb or Verbo anything, but there are people who do. And that is of all of the passive income streams I researched, one of the better ones. So I would say if people can do that, Yay for them. I'm so glad you pronounced Verbo. This whole time, I had no idea that's what... I thought it was just VRBO. (laughs) I didn't know it was supposed to be said like that. So I am just learning so much in this episode. Okay. Active income streams are... Well, not the opposite of passive, but that's essentially actively working, like a second job, actual work you do. So I would consider driving for Lyft, Uber, Postmates, DoorDash, all of that active because you're not sitting around, you actually have to do the work. Mm -hmm. So is nanny work, which is something that a ton of teachers do along with tutoring. And these kinds of income streams are good because a lot of times they're gig economy, which is perfect because it fits into your schedule when you want it and it gives you freedom. But the downside is you're working this gig economy on your downtime, your Saturday, your Sunday, your nights, your weekends. And as we talked about before, having a personal life is really hard because if you're trying to make ends meet, then this is all in what would be your personal time. So we are teachers had a list of 40 ways that you could make some extra money. But I really found this list to be a little lacking and it kind of hurts me to say that because I like We Are Teachers so much. But some of their ideas included things like flipping furniture, which made me think of Megan. (laughs) But I was like, so I have to go to a thrift store, buy the thing, paint it, and then sell it. Market it, yeah. On Craigslist, like that didn't seem to be an effective way. Another thing on their list was offering to clean other people's homes and then pet sitting, which I know a lot of teacher friends I have do. And I found that to be kind of like, I've got an advanced degree, a bachelor's degree, a teaching credential, and 
I have to clean up after people and or things. You know, what's so funny is like you were listing these things out and I was like, especially like the pet sitting or, you know, flipping furniture. Like this sounds like a list you'd hand to an undergrad student who's just looking to make some quick cash, not a master's level professional who has a full-time job. And that's where I was like, Mm, this is kind of annoying. And I found myself getting really heated. But then thanks to the Google, I found another two sites. One was called Side Hustle Nation, which I thought was an amazing title for a website. And the other one was from Mint. You know, the I think it's the Ryan Reynolds thing. They're owned by Intuit now. So they had ideas that I hadn't considered that I thought was way more fun and or quality, I suppose, which included being a mobile notary, which I thought was kind of cool because I was like, oh, that's something that's real easy to notarize something. And then you've got, I'm always big on investing in yourself and something you can take elsewhere. So that seemed like something you could do. I've looked into it and I think you have to do a class and it's probably not very hard and or long. The people at the UPS store do it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> figure out other people could do it too. Here was a fun one, voiceover work. And I thought like teachers talk all of the time. A lot of younger teachers like to read in voices. Megan, I'm thinking of you again. <laughs> I don't know where you could find this, but I'm assuming it's possible. And then here was the last one that that I liked, which was a focus group participant. And I would love to be able to give my unsolicited opinion and honestly about products and yes. things like that. That one does sound like fun. But see, the thing I like about this list is it actually sounds like stuff that would help fill my cup. Like it sounds like fun, not just, okay, I need to do this so I can get an extra 200 bucks this week or whatever. Yes. And I think it's also things that, again, investing in yourself, diversifying who you are and your skill set so that you could take it to do something else, I think says a lot. And then when teachers have really rich experiences in their personal life, that can have so much more impact in the classroom because then you could talk about it. Like I do focus groups on the side. I have to give my opinion. Here's why you need to know claim and evidence. Whereas I think like you said, Lindsay, otherwise it just feels kind of bleh. Well, just like just extra work, like one more thing you have to do. I would like to say about the flipping the furniture, that is only successful if you then turn around and sell it. Mm -hmm. I never did. I flipped (laughs) and then loved it and kept all the things, which is its own other problem. But I have to wonder about flipping furniture too. What's the profit margin on that? You can't be making tons of money because you've got to pay for the material to make it look nice so that people will buy it. And then if it's a fancy looking dresser and it's like $200, I don't think I would spend $200 on a real fancy looking flipped dresser. I would imagine that that's one of those passion project things because you do it because you love it and you think it's fun. And I definitely fall on that end of it. I I really don't see that being the thing that could be sustainable for someone. I mean, we could very well be wrong. I don't know, but not the way I do it. (laughs) The way I do it. I mean, people flip houses. So I I assume flipping furniture is just that on a smaller scale. But like you said, the problem then becomes being able to turn around and get somebody to pay what you then think it's worth. So I wanted to ask you, out of all of the things that have been on the list, is there anything where you're like, I'd do that? Or maybe a side hustle that you've had that you've really enjoyed? I think from your list, the notary one sounds good. I feel as though those are skills developed that you could use elsewhere and that it could be crazy helpful for like friends and family. When it comes to my experience with side hustles, I've done lots of tutoring, things like that. A couple years ago, I was doing like a science-based enrichment group and that was super fun. 
because it was like seven or eight kids and it was experiments that are really challenging to do with like a whole class. And I really, really enjoyed that. However, it was me spending a lot out of pocket to get all the supplies, but I would have continued on with something like that. I've uh, done virtual tutoring for the last couple of years and I actually enjoy that. Working one-on-one with a student is is really nice. I've also done in the past um, medical transcription, and that was an interesting um, side hustle. And you can make decent money, not like full-time money, but again, as a side hustle, it's pretty worthwhile. And the skills are transferable, so that's nice. Um, I was also a nanny, which I really liked doing just because you get attached to the kids and you know they're cute and you, then you get to give them back. Kind of like teaching. <laughs> did you get nannied off of care.com? I did, yes. I did too. I've done work on student films, not as as an actor, but there is, this is such an LA job. There is something called a studio teacher that what you have to do is be on film sets for welfare reasons. And then if it's a school day, like kids have to do school. So I've done this on the weekends when there's no school. So I'm just there as a welfare worker, which is sort of like being a nanny, but I get to sit down a lot because um, I'm just watching and making sure that whatever minor it is, is not being taken advantage of or things like that. And that pays fairly well. And for a lot of teachers who work out here in Los Angeles or places where movies are made, that could be a really good option. Although I will say I don't love it because it's kind of like being at the DMV, but with movie cameras. There's a lot of sitting around and a lot of just kind of twiddling your thumbs. But if that's something you're into, that would be great. So that's what I have for side hustles. We're going to take a break and come back with our anti-PD tips to help you think more about your side hustle or feel a little bit more inspired to start one. Welcome to our anti-PD section of Real Teaching 101. These are the takeaways we hope will stick with you from this episode. What's worse than going to a PD that offers zero helpful tips for your everyday teacher life? Nothing. That's why we've provided you three tips you can use to help you establish or be inspired to get your side hustle going. Tip number one, consider your need. If you're looking to supplement your income, figure out what that supplement looks like. Since side hustles can earn you less than $500 a month, you need to be realistic about what that hustle will provide for you. Since your teaching skills are so valuable, you might find that repurposing what you have can be a lucrative way to make some extra cash. You can check out the articles mentioned in this episode for more information or by reading the show notes. Tip number two, find something that doesn't feel like extra work. Side hustles can be an upfront energy and money investment. We know you work hard all day long, so we don't want you to feel like you're doing more on top of more on top of more. Side hustles can be an opportunity to use your talents and skills in a different way while making a few extra bucks. So keep it to doing something that you actually like doing. Tip number three, recognize when you need rest. We know teaching is a hustle all on its own. Sometimes refilling your cup and spending time with loved ones is the best use of your time. You'll regret the time you didn't spend with your family and friends. We're here to advocate for you, and sometimes that's a friendly reminder that you deserve to have time for yourself. Those are our three anti-PD tips for the week. Before you leave us today, know that you're appreciated and we know you're doing everything you can. Let's stay in touch. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at RealTeaching101 or email us at RealTeaching101 at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Ambitious Ed. Thanks for listening today and we'll see you next class.